and welcome to episode 56 of Spellcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and this is my co-host, Andreel. Greetings, friends. So, today we are going to be discussing the four classical liberal arts of the quadrivium, starting with the foundational part of it, numerology, the study of number. Yes. Uh, now, I'm sure a couple of people have practiced uh, numerology, learned about it, you might know a basis, but in case you don't, we're going to start from the very beginning, and we're going to go over the basics of numerology. Now, we have heard of it in, relar- in regards to um, like life path numbers, people probably have had their charts done. Uh, it all kind of goes in tandem with a lot of astrology and other things, which we will see in the quadrivium as well. The thing is, you cannot truly understand astrology without understanding the what precedes it in the quadrivium, which mm-hmm. um, the quadrivium goes in this order. Numerology, the first thing, then geometry, then music, then cosmology. So it, it, things unfold, because I think, I've, and I've said it in a previous episode, is that we are atoms. Atoms vibrate. Vibrations create frequency. Frequency is measured and understood by number. The frequency of the vibration, the vibration creates sacred geometry. Perfect sacred geometry um, is related to the sound and the light spectrum. And then the sound and light spectrum and the creation and uh, how... Uh, creation exists, how our physical world exists, and truly understanding it on the largest scale is indicative in cosmology, and cosmology is the umbrella term in which astrology falls under, and the study of the cosmos in general, and that all these sacred geometrical patterns are how the planets are concurrently following their patterns together around the sun, and in this particular galaxy, and how the galaxies intertwined in themselves what's observable at least for us yeah so our science and math friends are really going to love this episode we're really bridging gaps here uh and showing that you can both be a believer in science and magic well all magic is is the science of art and the, the art of science exactly so i'm really happy that we're able to bring this perspective uh for this episode to quote rick and morty during that episode where uh he turned the entire world into a bunch of um what was it, the Cronenbergs? Yeah. It's like, oh, sometimes sometimes science is more art than science, Morty. Like, people seem to forget that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, wise words. Um, and so when we are going over numerology today, we're going to start at the very beginning. We're going to go through numbers one through nine. Uh, and if we have a little extra time, we'll go over the master number. If not, yeah. we'll get to it in the next episode. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a series of installments, and we will also be getting back to the end of the runic alphabet in other episodes we're trying to go around, so it doesn't get too tedious for other listeners to try to give as much variety, and plus a little bit of suspense, right? Yes, exactly. We don't so- want to be too predictable. That's you're predictable... <laughs> That's, You're boring. That's, yeah, it's not good for life. We don't want to be boring. I don't think we're boring. Uh, so this will be a series that we're going to start. And then, of course, the numerology is a small series within the larger series of the quadrivium. Uh, the book that Andreal has, uh, I will definitely put in the show notes there for you guys to get. There are a few books on numerology. There are quite literally books <laughs> just called numerology by many oh, yeah. different authors. Oh, yeah. I meant the quadrivium one you had. Well, yes. So and we're going to talk about the actual quadrivium which the book is literally called Quadrivium, The Four Classical Liberal Arts of Number, Geometry, Music, and Cosmology. It is, a col- it is a book that is a collection of books by many other genius authors. And starting out in the book of Sacred Number, The Secret Qualities of Quantities, uh-huh. it's by Mar- Miranda Lundy, 
uh, with additions by material by Adam Tetlow and Richard Henry. Very big names in this subject. Yeah, definitely seek out other works that they've had too. Uh, this just happens to be, like he said, a collection of smaller books. So it's a very good overview for this. Uh, it's about his. This book is very generally specific and specifically general. Mm. So one of those, which is truth be told, a lot of, a lot of this particular type of work. So the biggest question we have to ask is, what is number? How do we actually conceptually understand how to distinguish a one from many when understanding how the original mathematicians added things up and why their symbols related to certain things. Now, we must remember the original numbers um, and letters were very much synonymous. Yeah, Hebrew, the, the yeah. Phoenicians came up with uh, the alphabet and with number in order to trade better and more efficiently. So number actually in math became a universal language uh, much before people actually started sharing their written down languages. <clears throat> now, it's very interesting because all science has its origin in magic and the ancient symbols uh, and the ancient schools uh, no magician was unschooled in the power of number the idea for all you people who think we live in a matrix sort of way of thinking I'm not saying that's on or off I'm just, it's a possibility we don't, we don't actually know I'm being very objective about all of this so mystic arithmology we're talking about numbers in general, how we measure these things. So we, which you spoke of the Phoenicians, the Phoenicians, the Hebrews, the Arabics, the Aramaic, Greeks, certain parts of Latin, because Latin and Greek are very, they influenced each other very often. All are measured in number. And the same thing with the runes as well. But the, the number understanding is a bit different. Um, but this is how we understand how each letter and then how the letters go into combinations, how they make words, why words evoke certain things more than the other. The differences between words that are essentially equivalent but are used very different from a connotative standpoint. This is the origins of language. It's the origins of existence can be traced back the essence of number, not simply the number for the face value. So, number one in numerology, the monad, unity. The one, people think the I am presence, the great spirit, Yahweh, God, Bandia, um, also the mirror, the mirror of wonders. Recall my catchphrase, right? <laughs> yes. There's a reason for all of this, friends. And we try to communicate this. Now we're getting into the more advanced sides of magical practice, but in and of itself is foundational. Yes. Yep. The eternity. Permi uh, uh, permanence. Anything permanent. There are quite literally countless names for this number one. And if you notice, in many numerals... One, usually, it's usually represented by a straight line, a single thing, a linear sort of thing. But it also lends itself to a mirror. A mirror is a very straight, linear thing when we're thinking in three dimensions. Anything that reflects, we think about multiplication. And mirrors look like a number one. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I'm saying. profile, yeah. One times anything, well, one times anything will be whatever the number it is being multiplied by. So nine times one will always be nine. Mm -hmm. One times one is always one. Mirroring the mirror, that yeah. one's a crazy so when you, <laughs> Yeah, when you look in the mirror, it's just basically timesing yourself by one. 
You want to be math about it? <laughs> the one is the limit of all. First before the beginning and last before the end. The alpha, the omega. The mold of the shapes of all things. Which makes sense that it's connected to that one being. The or God, I am or presence. the I am presence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the universe in it of itself. All things are immersed from the shoreless, shoreless ocean of unity. The quality of oneness permeates everything. Like the sun or the gentle rain, the one is traditionally perceived as unconditional in its love. It is the center, it is the purest tone, the unison in music. The single digit, the single person, we are always alone. Among the nine single-digit numbers, the one takes a special place from a spiritual perspective. It is the number of creation, the primal force in which all things spring forth. Zero from which, by definition, nothing could possibly come into being. It is said that when you truly understand the place of function of these primal forces of the numbers, you will know exactly where it is you're going. One is, from from, uh, the personality of number one, one is the doer, the creator, the powerful force that produces the results and does not allow anything or anyone to limit its potential. One is aggressive. One is the alpha. A necessary energy for creating and producing. The spear point and direction of leadership. One reflects its meaning quite literally, walks upright with pride and purpose, strong, determined, unwavering on specific goals with those specific goals in mind. One can turn dreams into reality. It pushes obstacles aside and simply drills right through them. One grows, transforms, and improves uh, perpetu- uh, perpetuity. Uh, perpetuity? Perpetuity. Yeah, okay. Um, precisely the way Mother Nature does. After all, the nature of the primal force and most basic building blocks is, number one, nature knows no mercy and its cruelty can be heartbreaking. However, it knows the balance of all things. Nature is as beautiful as she is cruel. For everyone that thinks that going out in the earth, the earth will be very gentle. Yes, no, she, she's very... It's not a polar thing. We're not up to the number two just yet and number two will throw everyone for... Uh, um, oh, a mind blow. It's num- number one is s- complex and simplicity, and the simplicity, which is so complex, paradox in it of itself. Who it, knew all of that could be in a little tiny number? Number one, the first number. Number one is no preacher, no philosopher, no spiritual explorer, no dreamer, and certainly not the idealist. It is the purest of primal pragmatists, a ruthless conqueror, a warrior ever, ever extraordinaire. The idea of I must be number one rings true when thinking of this number. Yep, the competitiveness, that, that drive. The number one does not hesitate. It can be jealous. It can be stubborn. It can be the purest form of emotional reaction. It is the most masculine of all numbers. Well, Think about the shape. It, it's very phallic. Mm-hmm. And the, the driving force and the direction makes sense, too, with the masculine energy. Number one's qualities are quite interesting in that regard. So, 
it's very much similar, and this is how we, we went back to the runes, we referenced the runes, we think of Fehu, that primal fire, that first rune. All the primal stories. It's quite fascinating, to say the very least. Yeah, that connection to earth and fire and creation, the beginning, it being associated with a creator being, um, with you yourself being creative in the sense of, you know, that ultimate drive and direction uh, to really make things happen. Yes. In Gematria, which is uh, the secret codes that are in language, number, number one is related to Alpha in Greek, Aleph in Phoenician, Hebrew, and Alif in Arabic. So, quite literally, first letters, first numbers, pretty straightforward for now. But it gets more elaborate as time goes on. Now, the number two is when we start understanding how much number one really affects every number. Because it's not each number a collection of ones sitting next to each other, but also working concurrently and simultaneously. Number two, representative of duality. The opposites. Now, we must understand something as to how language works, friends. Understanding the prefixes of words. Now, think of the number two. When something is being... There's two types of duality, essentially. There's two types of polarity. There's two types of things that go together. Understanding of yin-yang, push-pull, day-night, female, male, this, that... All of the things yes. that are... Yeah, as above, so below, so within, so without. can be together. These para- this paradox. The duality exists within number one. Because one is all. And duality is this polar mode that it resonates in. So, we must understand the prefix of language. This prefix, suffix, oh, how words go together. Yeah, the pref- I always said prefix. Prefix. Well, yeah, prefix would technically be. Oh, yeah. it's like the either-either thing. Oh, yes. Well, okay. Well, so, all right. So, di- <laughs> sidebar. It's pronounced either. That I word. know. I know. I say it now, but. <laughs> I said, su- yeah. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure that that word is Germanic. Mm. So, if it, if it has Germanic origin, that E-I would be the I vowel sound. Yeah. If it was either, that would lend itself to something romance language as opposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Because Germanic would have it, it would be spelled I E T H E R if it was pronounced either if that if that was of a German background. But um, for those of you out there listening that are linguistics linguistic people and like to argue semantics, by all means, correct me. <laughs> but yes, so understanding the prefix of a particular word, when there are two parts that are working as a yin yang or as a figure eight, two things that are working together that have to have each other to work together simultaneously, we use the prefix bi. The word binary. The word bicycle. Think about a bicycle. It's two wheels that have to work together at the same time. Yep. As opposed to division, dichotomy. Yeah, the divides thing. The instead of b. And the, like you were saying with the the way that the sounds are the, the primal sounds yeah the primal sounds that happens in the beginning that ba with the with the bi is more kind of heavenly yes. where the the duh from like divide or whatever is more primal and think about d as opposed to b 
B resonates higher in the it's face lighter, than D. D is a very grounding consonant. We feel it in our chest when we're pronouncing it correctly, especially from a voice. And I, I'm, I'm telling you this, friends, as a as a vocal performer, a classically trained vocal performer of 13 years. So uh, for those you of you say who that a lot. I do say that, yes, I do say that a lot. But uh, who knows if this isn't the first episode somebody's exactly. listening to? I'm just All right, I, I just want to make it perfectly clear of my credentials. Now, I'm by no means saying that that I know everything. I'm still in the grand in the. In the decade of study of of the occult and the the more than decade study of well the all my life of studying of music and performance, this is where I'm coming from. Yeah. So take that for whatever the hell it is it means to you. Yeah. Whatever that experience is. So we think of divide, division. We also think of when things are separate. When you live of only half of who you are, that's when you're usually in a hellish place. When we talk yeah. about what it is people come to us for. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've been guilty of that as well. Sometimes I'll divide myself to be like, okay, like what I'm presenting on the outside isn't quite what's what really is on the inside. And then it makes it more frustrating because I just try to, I guess, fake something would be the best the best term to use. And then it never it never fulfills what I truly want. So I always feel that loss and that confusion that comes with the the dichotomy but that isn't like you know it's not balanced it's definitely off center and it's not something that so, fulfills anything die this the prefix die is representing the poles in how they are exclusively mm-hmm. as opposed to how they are how they work together as a whole and it definitely feels exclusive when something like that happens it's different than than like you said that that by kind of energy where things are working together even though that they're separate and that feels different when you're balanced and your two sides come together to balance versus when they're completely different and opposite we must understand how this makes people think how this resonates modally in a person's philosophy and why does it there's a reason why these things were connotated with other poles and other things it's it's so circular friends Mm -hmm. when you really master these things these things become these things become circular thought and it's not circular logic but they become streamlined and you can pick anything out of anything that doesn't mean it's all semantic that means it's just not going to be explained simply by words and that's poetry and that's music that's art in general now we must understand exclusivity versus things that are together Mm -hmm. Things that are exclusive when we're thinking of certain boundaries. When we think of classic good and evil morality, it lends itself to Judeo-Christian ways of thinking um, or a certain right-hand path sort of spirituality. Whereas left-hand path spirituality tends to be very all-encompassing. It's the bi as opposed to the dichotomy. Nowadays, and I pose a question for everybody. This is purely a linguistic thing. I have many friends who are of the non-binary spectrum. But from a language standpoint, this always confused me. They say linear binary. But by, again, when you study language, implies how these things are together. They are the blurred lines. Everything is blurred together. Whereas dichotomy, or divide, as we said, is how these things are separate. You're either one or the other. So my question would be, and I would love for somebody to chime in on this, is why, instead of saying non-binary, if you feel you fit somewhere in the middle of those things, would you not be incredibly binary? Oh, Would you not question. be spectrum binary? Yeah. 
as yeah. opposed to I would say non non divi- non gender divisive or non uh, non gender dichotomy or non f- a word that sits in that because mm-hmm. that is consistent with how the language works. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think maybe you'd have to go back to the origins of why they labeled gender as binary anyway. I think that that's. It might just come from the fact that, you know, binary is the language that we use to determine different, like, set genders. So just the natural thing is to say the opposite. is to be, oh, I'm non-binary because I don't feel one or the other, or I'm fluid, or I'm moving between things. So I think that was just the automatic reaction. It's, well, it was definitely, you know, it's... But of course, I don't know because I'm not... It's such a fascinating thing. We don't mean to get necessarily too much into the politics that surround this. More so the understanding of the language and... Is this is this the best way to describe this? Oh yes, and just again to definitely say that it's we accept and believe everybody's way of expressing themselves. However, and that you is not, understand something yes, modally. That is not the question. The question is how you're explaining who you are. Who not you are. that we're questioning who you are, but how you're explaining it. And that's I'm all. I'm simply talking from a linguistic standpoint. Yeah, and how yeah. and understanding how to the different philosophies of this is how you're going to master this. Mm-hmm. So. It might get a little uncomfortable. Yeah, and just to, you know, again, say that we definitely love and accept everybody for who they are, and we're not questioning any of that. You do because, what you want. Like, yeah, as long as you're you and you're happy, about this. then we are happy. So just as people that don't really know much about that kind of way, you know, how things are being explained and that kind of... Um, I, I guess there's no other way to say it, but we just want to know more about it because... We're not necessarily uh, in the community of being non-binary, so it's easier for us to understand from people that are. We have, we have many are. friends, and we've had many different debates, and I've right. noticed... But since we ourselves are not, we won't fully know until it's explained to us by somebody that is. So we would love to have someone explain that to us so we can get the best understanding, and we can all work together to honestly just express each other and yourself the best way possible. Or at perhaps the end, even finding new medium points and new understanding within ourselves on both yeah. sides. It's not necessarily about convincing so much as it is getting to the bottom of what existence is and what it means for you. Yeah, but exactly. Anyway, so uh, that was a big, uh, mm-hmm. that was a, quite a digression. But, but we do need to go over it because we don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. We want to make sure that, again... Everyone knows that we're open-minded and accepting of all people and all ways of being. Yes. And if, you, if you're going to make an argument, know all facets of it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the challenging of this all is. And that's our challenge always, too, is we always try to see all facets of it. So to fill in our knowledge is something important as well. So, the two, as we said, the yin and the yang, the push, the pull, the two otherworldly shadows, the male and female aspects... Oh, yes, right-hand path versus left-hand path. And there's a reason why they say right-hand path tends to be sunny, daytime. It's straightforward. All things are revealed in the light. Very masculine, sort of straightforward, concrete. This is what it is, as opposed to the nighttime, which we cannot see clearly. We must feel. It is everything at once. It's a different kind of peace that is in that particular void. Male and female energies. The Pythagoreans knew two as the first sexed number, even and female. To develop their appreciation of the two-ness, they contemplated pairs of pure opposites, the context of paradox, which we have stated. The diet appears in music. It is the only way to understand how intervals work and the ratios of intervals. 
We cannot have intervals without ratios and understanding what Pythagoras did. And interesting that you need that in order to understand music, where I feel like we can connect that to people needing another part of themselves or, you know, again, that kind of like soulmate twin flame idea that you need another part to really be complete and to fully understand things. It's the same as with, you know, uh, the intervals in music. It is, I believe, the number alchemically of salt. It is a line with a perpendicular bisector. It is the Vestica Pisces, which is essentially, it's essentially a, like a Venn diagram, friends. It's the way I'm going to describe it with the circles. Um, it is many things. But the two is the symbolic representation of the ultimate survivor and the extremely resilient force. The couple, lovers. When the two comes together, it creates one again. Think about when male and female energies come together, quite literally in our cells and our parts. We are physically complete in that moment. And then new life is created. The two cells come together to make the baby, so on and so forth. On the other hand, when the humble and feminine too finds herself under attack and burdened with the crushing weight, she will bend as much needed fluidity, the elasticity, nature in and of itself. The strength and power is resilient and long-lasting. There must be much more than meets the eye with the number two and is one of the greatest allies. You ever either say, you're my number two for a while in regards to leadership positions? Mm. Um, unnoticed and operating from the shadows, uh, so to speak, is the Matahari who outwits other spies and diplomats with the grace, the sensuality, the flattering attention and gentle force of persuasion. Oh, if I didn't state this, like I said, I'm going back and forth between my own interpretations, uh, my own understanding of what it is I've learned, the book, The Quadrivium, and we are also referencing numerology.com, quite literally. It is a great site to go to, strongly recommend it. And you know what's great about different sources like this is something like numerology.com really does simplify everything so you can get a good basic understanding of what's going on and then move on to the quadrivium book and then move on to whatever else is you discover you keep going back and forth you're never going to read these things just once if you wish to oh, understand certainly it. not especially websites because they are long <laughs> grace art style taste palette music this is the color one is existence in its purest primal forms, but this is when the color starts to happen, friends. This is when the difference between the shades starts to happen. The gray area. People with this particular number are very fond of slapstick, juvenile, self-depreciating, uh, humor, uh, wit. Self-deprecating? self is it within social environment, perhaps the most important asset is a sense of humor that is witty and self-depreciating, de uh, rather. Oh, depreciating. depreciating. Oh, that was in your notes. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, but never slapstick or never slapstick or juvenile, uh, as she is too far and sophisticated for that. So uh, disregard what it is I just said. I, I sort of, I was a little... <laughs> the way you read the notes I went, was... <laughs> Yeah, I, I skipped around a bit too it's much. It's okay, it happens. Uh, so, for example, if the Greek god Zeus could be compared to the number one, then his wife and sister Ew. is uh, Hera, <laughs> is number two. I know, it. I know there's reasons for that. It is the number of love. It is the understanding of the half, number two, but also the half. 
Um, I never understood why Hera's always, like, the goddess of, like, the home hearth and, like, love and stuff when her marriage is not very successful. Because when we read more, I mean, it's, that that's at face value. There's a lot much more going on when we read in depth yeah. in the, uh, in the lore. Uh, as the most intuitive of the single-digit numbers, she is drawn to the occult. Uh, only the double-digit master number 11, which is the octave above, surpasses that. And we say octave, understanding how numerology works, friends, which we will get into more so. Like a good politician, uh, she can certainly be, if needed, understanding the true motivations of others. Um, but there is also jealousy. There is vengeance. There is the governing side, controlling the expressive side. Again, that duality between the aspects. You must understand yourself quite deeply to understand the number two. Yes, and that will be a perfect place for us to take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. So we're going to start off with the number three. Yes, so number three. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Trinity. The Virgin, the Mother, the Crone. The Warrior, Father, and Sage. Making commentary back on the Vestic of Pisces. The Triketra. The Triskele. Triskelion. Three-leaf clover. Male in some cultures, female in others. Three. Now, this is an easy way to remember, friends, because the three also has to do with the elements in regards to the Tree of Life. Mm. Yggdrasil in the Norse. The Kabbalah in Jewish mysticism, known by many names in many cultures. Have you ever heard a really got a really thick Brooklyn Italian accent, and then they say, one, two, three? That's an easy way to remember, friends. The oh, three has to do funny. with tree. Yeah. Now, is that a coincidence? I highly think not, Ooh. because there is no such thing as Subconsciously, people might have been saying that. The roots, the trunk, and the far-reaching branches with their leaves. Male in some cultures, female in others, as we said. The tree bridges between the heavens and the earth, and the medium of existence. It's also the mother, father, and then the offspring, the creation, that triangle. It's also symbolic of the answer to the relationship. If number two is the expression just the math problem then the three is the outcome Mm. because when we think of magic and we think of this understanding is that the outcome is greater than the sum of the parts in literal math one plus one is two but from a metaphysical standpoint one could argue that one plus one is three when we understand the metaphysical aspects That is, it's a very, it's a very linear explanation. It's not that literal, friend. So do right. not take this literal. If you take this literal, you're really, you're really going to miss the forest for the trees. He definitely knows that one and one is two. Yes, I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> so, it's fish. Solution or mediator. I was like, people said that. It is the synthesis or return to unity after the division of two. It's the first line of the Kundalini, the first band of DNA. It is a synthesis of existence. It's also the four... Uh, the four. The three. Oh, that, that's the next lumber. It is also the three major substances. The base substances of alchemy. Salt, mercury, sulfur. 
how we also think in regards to the Hindu deities, creator entities, maintainer entities, and destroyer entities. The third leg of the stool gives balance. The third strand of the braid makes the plate. Plate is how that's pronounced. Plate. plate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In uh, like a. Just making sure I wasn't getting cockeyed for a second. No. Knots can only be tied, if you think of actual knots, friend, knots and knot work for magic. Knots can only be tied in three-dimensional space. Hey, and check it out. So if you're braiding your hair, you're doing magic. Bam. Bottom <laughs> eight. Oh, yeah, you could certainly do. Actually, love spells with braiding your hair is actually a very good thing. Yeah. If you do the love oh, spell. That disturbing love spell from that Midsummer movie, though. Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sidebar, for those of you who have uh, seen the Midsummer movie. Um, wait, wait. I don't know if we can say that, though, because n- is that going to be a spoiler? No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying any spoilers. Oh. What I'm going to say is, I mean, I'm not t- giving away anything about the movie. I'm just going to say it. It's good at face value. Um, it's referencing things, but there's not a lot of action. There's no representation. This is this is perverted sides of things. There's only a couple of things that are actually authentic. Yeah, it's made um, for pure entertainment. Yes, so... But, you know, you know, I mean, the nod to the occult stuff is appreciated, at least. At least it's a better effort than most. Yes, it it's just interesting because, and I've said this, is that there's in movies, in media, there has been good and bad representation of Christianity. And Judeo-Christianity in general. But I really don't see too much good representation of pagan stuff. So, if you know a movie or any other literature and stuff that's, like, fictional, please let us know. Actually positive representation. Well, it's more in books than it is. Yeah, no, there's definitely in books. Movies. In movies. We're going to keep it to movies because I know a couple books. And we're not, listen, the Harry Potter series is, uh, you, listen, all due respect to J.K. Rowling, there's much more elaborate things in understanding specific cultures that are more related to reality as opposed to mm-hmm. the eclectic sides of Harry Potter. Again, not to criticize. I'm being general so we can move on, though. Yeah, yeah, so at least it's like a positive representation in that, you know, people actually got to understand and like the possibility of well, magic. Well, that, that didn't stop certain people from uh, thinking that Harry Potter was the work of the devil, but uh, uh, enough about that politics. Anyway, so... Back to three. Stories, fairy tales, spiritual traditions are about with the portentous threes juggling yes, the threes past, the really present, the future, the first tarot readings most people tend to do. Yes, and yeah, I was going to say three is, again, that past, present, future. It's the option one, option two, then decision making. That three is that decision, the, you know, clarity. And also three is a really, really big motif in a lot of fairy tales. The knower, the knowing, and the known. The threefold rule, the Wiccan read, the list goes on. Birth, life, and death. The triad appears throughout nature and the principle and in principle and form the triangle the musical ratios of 3 to 2 and 3 to 1 which are the intervals respectively the fifth and its and the fifth's octave the most beautiful harmonies other than the octave itself in the ancient tunings Back to the Vestica Pisces is formed by the two overlapping circles, immediate, which immediately evoke triangles in the center, which are represented in the three-dimensional platonic solids, which we will get into at a deeper point. This is much deeper quadrivium. But we reference things that Archimedes knew, if you knew that Greek philosopher and engineer. So, there is much to be known about the number three in, represented, in representing the first cornered shape that is the triangle. 
the personality of the number three is the gifted teenager who is still under the protection of the parents, a bit spoiled, certainly scattered, perpetually in need of guidance. But the threes are the creative feel. The three is the sum of the parts, the multiplicative of the parents, what is necessary to continue to grow. Feelings, ideas, visions, imaginations, coupled with extroverted personality. Numerology, in numerology, rather, I apology, uh, the chart with the three uh, will seek a career in art, especially art, the expressive sides of it. Charm, wit, and a sense of humor in tandem. Virtue. Followers are even willing to forgive less favorable traits exhibited by the three as opposed to the less favorable traits of number one. Hmm. Because they're all encompassing. One starts out, but three is the journey. Yeah. It's the journey back to the one. It's why people tend to take seriously people who have been to a specific area as opposed to people who haven't. Understanding the difference between sympathies versus empathies. On the other hand... Um, wait, oh, so, uh, sometimes a lack of focus or direction, a tendency to procrastinate is a trait of people who, are, who resonate within the number three, the innate ability to finish, oh, the inability to finish projects and an unwillingness to take responsibility. Now, there is a superficial side to three that can be harder to look past, the narcissistic streak, the vanity the need to be the center of attention, the triangle. We think of the center of attention when you want to trap spirits very basically, you can use triangles. Mm -hmm. the tip of the triangle. From a spellcraft perspective. Without moral strength or spiritual depth, a three can easily succumb to very unique difficulties. Oh, you know what I was just thinking really quick? So, sidebar. Um, you know how pyramids are in that kind of you know that pyramid shape obviously because that's what the triangle is when it's like that yes. but uh, a pyramid shape and going up to the sky and returning to the gods is all about returning to the one like you yes. mentioned before with the three coming together it's also understanding the three in its multiplicatives mm -hmm. understanding three and how it relates to words of Nikola Tesla to truly understand existence learn all the numbers but specifically three six and nine which we'll get into number six with the hexagram also known as the star of david and that symbolism has transcended any culture has been in almost every culture everywhere that the triangle pointing up meant divinity and higher existence the triangle pointing down meant earth and the earthly tendencies and the two triangles coming together in that solomon seal that star of david the hexagram is the medium of existence where humanity exists where everything can go where existence is that medium between divinity and physicality it is absolutely fascinating and yeah. understanding the number six you must first understand the number three we must lay the foundation this is why we count we'll in these specific, <laughs> these specific orders number three is lucky when we think of the shamrock yep, lucky number three or rather to be in the right place at the right time three is a very synchronous synchronized number there you go there's much synchronicity ah, ha, ha. in all the different forms of yes, the word in the number three um when you see three 
threes in a row. <laughs> That's my house number. Mm-hmm, 333, which was an interesting thing when I first met you. There is a lot of... It's good. It's You know that you're in the right place at the right time. Mm. You are currently synchronized with where it is you need to be. As opposed to the 666, which isn't necessarily the mark of the beast. That's an extreme understanding. That's more about you have to reflect on things in order to get past this stump, this yep. hump, and this we'll thing get there with that's six. going on. Though six is not an evil number. No, none of these numbers are good and evil. There's only ordering chaos and the modes of these tendencies, friends. Because one is not the absence of the other. The brightest lights cast the longest shadow. Threes are very interesting. They are connected to an innate sense of rhythm. People who have three in their chart that resonate, maybe really good dancers, musicians, etc. The cyclical nature of things. The first, as we said, the first line of the Kundalini, the first, uh, um, the first lap of the Kundalini. The relationships of threes can be challenging, at least to those that include long-term commitment and loyalty. That is a challenge for number threes, with plenty of acquaintances, probably more than is healthy. When true death and intimacy enter the picture, this child, which is the number three, turns tail and runs. Number threes can have commitment issues while simultaneously wanting commitment. Mm. There's the paradox. The nasty, jealous streaks that rejects the most meaningful bonds coming their way stems from the fact that number three knows deep down inside that it only has been skimming the surface of life since birth. It is the end of the first journey, but it's, there's, you see, there's so much to go once you've come full circle the first time. Orberos, the snake, is infinite. And yet, it can be the best thing to happen to this shallow creature is the exhilaration of finding depth. The transformative number threes are transformations. Think of the caterpillar, the chrysalis, and the butterfly. Yeah. So the number three is heavily related to the butterfly. But achieving real happiness, no human has ever been represented by just one number. But rather, it is a mixture of several. There are those who have been blessed with a heavy dose of threes in their chart tend to have an easier time to be happy, optimistic, and playful, and enjoying life as a whole while simultaneously appreciating the simplicity of it all. While the Western mindset focuses uh, on happy moments of the ideal, the unhappy experiences can be ones that bring a much greater depth. It is the less the answer to the lesson. So, yes, understand threes very closely, friends. Understand them very closely. The All number right. of the tree of life. So easy. One, two, three. I've been waiting all episode to say that. He's <laughs> very proud of that. <laughs> so, that being said, that's probably a good place for us to stop. We're going to go in sets of three, at least for the first single-digit numbers. Yes. And there is a reason for that. You'll understand that symbolically, friends. Yes. Mull this over. Go and do some reading. See where the consistencies are. See where the differences are. We will be recommending more books over time the different approaches that people take to these numerological understandings. Um, study Pythagoras, but also study the Chaldeans. Understanding numbers, you understand the math problems. We will teach you how to understand the math problems of your name, 
your names, your names as a whole, everyone else's names and how you interact with them, how things resonate. All your relationships are simply ratios. Ooh, I like it. And who knew that you needed high school math? Well, actually, you don't at all. But I just like saying that because everyone's like, oh, you never need math. And it's like, well, you, you need do. It. The <laughs> problem is, is that modern schooling sees things. They separate things too much. They do not put things back in the picture. Oh, yeah, no, I And hate that it, is man. not the fault of the teacher. That is the fault of people making decisions as an overall. Mm-hmm. And the education, education system. At least here in America. That's all we can really speak for. There needs to be a no, an overall... Overhaul. An, o- an overall <laughs> overhaul. There's a lot of, uh, a uh, lot of couplet alliteration today. I suppose that's a synchronicity that uh, we're talking about. See, Simply talking happening. about these things already puts you in your own resonance, and that's, that's the magic of it all. I will tell you, friends, the shit's going to make you manic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot. Uh, so it's good that we're going we're gonna to stick to the sets of three for a little bit. Take it easy, slow. And uh, we are really excited to go along with this um, installment and have a couple of, you know, again, like with the rune set that we did. And now we're going to have something on numerology and we'll, we'll come back and forth between them. Now, understand this, friends, is that understand for those of you who read the tarot, why those specific numbers in the arcana do what they do and in the minor arcana and how they're separate, why it matters. Everything has a sign. Every every evocation will help you understand how to create invocation. Yes. And um, now, uh, you guys, I'm sure you know by now, but in case it's the first episode that you're listening to us, you can find us on Facebook and uh, you can join us on the group. You can also join us on the page there. It's at Spellcast Podcast. We're on Twitter at Spellcast Pod, and Widgie Page is our Instagram account, as well as our email. So you can email us, WidgiePage at gmail.com, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or you'd like to share a story for a listener episode. Uh, we also have a really big announcement. Now, I want to tell you guys because we are really excited for this to happen, and the details are still being worked out, but. We are going to be having our very own SpellCon. So it's going to be an awesome, amazing show hosted here at a local bar that is haunted. Um, If you want to look up Katie's of Smithtown on Long Island, it is a haunted bar that's been on Paranormal State, a few other episodes, and even Zach Baggins, or Dibbick Douche as he's known by the Paranormal Chicks, has been there and uh, done a show. The owner is not really a fan of what he did with the show, though, and that's why we don't really like so Zach Baggins. So take certain things with a grain of salt. Exactly. But You'll people that know, be able to know if you're there. People that know Zach Baggins know how he is, so you get it. Um, but this bar is alive and active, and we are so excited to have a Halloween show there. Uh, it is going to be at the end of October. Uh, we're definitely going to get more details out to you guys as it happens, so keep an eye on our social media for anyone that would love to attend the show. Uh, you know, we're going to be putting out a lot of promotional items. We have really great uh, friends that are going to be joining the stage with us and a lot of vendors. So it's going to be a really big, exciting event, the first of its kind on Long Island. Uh, we decided to call it SpellCon after comic-con icon that was local to long island and started here so all of those big sort of festival events that's what we want to create with that paranormal witchy occult community here uh so those are our announcements for now we will talk to you guys more as things develop uh and give you more information so just remember there's a little witch in all of us and the spirits live in the mirror